You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Race to Empower podcast. Today, I am coming to you very sleep deprived and exhausted. I have a toddler that has decided after two and a half years that he does not want to sleep anymore. And we're now in the middle of week two of us trying to rectify that. And it's just been, um, it's been really hard here. So hopefully my words are coherent as I'm recording this. And if you are a parent of a toddler who has struggled with sleep with them, I feel you send me any of your advice because it's definitely been challenging. I feel really lucky that my first one has been a great sleeper. The second one has up until now. And hopefully, hopefully this is just a phase that we will get through. Today's episode is a follow-up or kind of a continuation from an episode that I recorded, episode uh, 15, several weeks ago, where I shared about coping with first trimester of pregnancy and the challenges of having and running a private practice. So today I want to do part two. We're going to be talking about the second trimester. And I'm going to peel back a little bit more into my personal life and share a bit about how things have been different for me in the second trimester of the pregnancy and how it has impacted me running my private practice. If you listened to episode 15, and if you haven't, go back and check it out. But in that episode, I shared a lot about how the nausea and the exhaustion that I experienced in my first trimester made it really hard for me to just function at some of the most basic levels as a human, and especially in my business in many ways. I had to cancel a lot of appointments because I just simply wasn't feeling well enough to be able to meet with clients. I was so sick that it was really hard for me to focus on anything other than just trying to sleep or just keep my head down so I wouldn't get sick. For me, thankfully, once I hit around 13 or 15 weeks, I can't remember, it was somewhere right in, around in there, things really did start to level out for me. I was not nearly as sick as I was in the first trimester. And I think once I hit like 15, 16 weeks, the, the morning sickness for me really, really did go away. So for those of you who experience that intense sickness well into the second and sometimes through the third trimester, my heart goes out to you. I feel for you because it's rough. It is really, really rough. So while I have been feeling so much better physically, and it was a big turning point for me going into that second trimester physically, life got really overwhelming for me. I'd say first trimester was a struggle physically and second trimester has been a struggle emotionally for me. Because I had been so sick during my first trimester, I really didn't do much in my practice besides see clients. 
I got really behind on my notes and I struggled to follow up with emails from new referrals. I was barely keeping up with any of my administrative tasks. If I wasn't in the chair talking to a client, I was on the couch trying to not throw up and just trying to sleep. And so, like I said, I got really behind more than I have ever been behind um, on my notes and just, again, really struggling to, to just do some of the basic administrative things that I needed to do in my practice. While things were like physically a lot better going into that second trimester, emotionally, things were just kind of snowballing for me. And I got really overwhelmed heading into that time of pregnancy. You know, I already have two kids, two boys, moms of little boys, you know, not that little girls can be energetic, but two boys, they just feed off of each other in a different way than I have ever experienced before. Um, separate, they can be a lot calmer, but when you put them together, it is a totally different beast entirely. I've shared a little bit on here. My oldest has some special needs. Um, he has severe food allergies. And so shout out to any other food allergy moms, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. He also has some sensory issues along with some ADHD and some anxiety. He has just very, very big emotions and it can be really hard for all of us to help him navigate that. And, you know, we're doing a lot to try to help support him, try to help set him up for success and being able to cope with all of this. And you know, between mental health and behavioral health and medical appointments, we can sometimes have anywhere from one appointment for him to up to three or four. There's a lot going on with him. And there was a lot happening at the beginning of that second trimester. I think it was kind of towards the end of the school year. And in talking with other parents who had kids his age, um, I found out that a lot of them were kind of going through similar stuff where it was just the transition of school ending and kind of unsure of what it looked like. Cause they kept talking to him about going to kindergarten, but yeah, he was going to be still going to his, his same kind of daycare for summer camp and confusion with that. And so I think there was just a lot that he was processing. And as we know, like little kids don't really know how to process that other than kind of having these big responses. So, like I said, it was a lot happening, especially at the beginning of that second trimester. And then my two-year-old or two and a half-year-old, he is, he's a special, <laughs> he is in a phase. I don't know if it's a phase or if it's a personality. I think it's more of a personality where he just does not care what you say. And he is going to do whatever the hell he pleases. Um, like he will literally just laugh at you when you tell him no and try to redirect him. I took him to his two-year checkup or something with his pediatrician and he was misbehaving. And I was, you know, talking sternly to him, you know, you need to stop this or you need, I was trying to redirect him. And the pediatrician was like, well, you know, what happens when he doesn't listen? I said, we will tell him no, or we will try to redirect him. And he just laughs at us. And he's, he said, well, what if you use a stern voice? I said, it doesn't matter. And he just looked at me, he said, oh, okay, you've got a tough one. And that was that. So don't know what that means for our future, but it, hopefully that gives you a little insight into the personality of him. He He's a tough one. He will throw his temper tantrums. He will let you know how he feels, even if he doesn't fully understand it himself. So, you know, they both also know we have a baby coming. You know, I think 
the the older one, he's five and a half. He understands it a whole lot more than the two and a half year old does, but the two and a half year old does know something is coming. Something is changing. They both have been needing more of me and they've both been needing more of my time, more of my attention, more of my focus. And so while that was all kind of happening, transitioning into the second trimester, I also was trying to work a lot more and see a lot more clients to kind of make up for some of the time that I had canceled in that first trimester. I wasn't necessarily taking on more clients, but maybe was filling my days that I saw clients a little bit more full than I had intended. There really hasn't been much space for me as just a human being outside of parenting and running my businesses, especially in this second trimester, because there wasn't a whole lot of that space. And and I'm just kind of processing some of this as I'm talking to you guys, you know, I think because there wasn't a whole lot of that space, I was really internalizing a lot. I'm watching my two kids that I already have really struggle and needing a lot from me and feeling like I already don't have a whole lot more to give right then. And then the reality of that, Hey, in addition to these two that you already have, you have another baby on the way. And this is actually happening, right? Like my body is showing me a baby is coming. I can feel this baby now moving. And the reminder or the memory of just how much time and attention and needs a newborn requires thinking about what it's going to be like when, when this new baby arrives and thinking about how to manage two little ones with very high needs and adding that new baby into all of that, you know, I think it really started to scare me as I was heading into that second trimester and thinking about how am I going to do, how am I going to parent them and be a good mom and have my practice and run my businesses. So, you know, the emotional weight of the second trimester, it's just, it's really, it really kind of knocked me down. And I think the weight of the emotions that I was feeling at the beginning kind of had me ostriching, just kind of, you know, I don't know if that's the right term, but just kind of putting my head in the sand and just doing the bare minimum taking care of my kids and seeing clients physically, I was able to do probably a little bit more, but emotionally I just didn't have capacity. So I really was putting my head in the sand, especially when it came to my practice. I was still kind of in that place of not really doing a lot outside of just that face-to-face client time. I will admit I am very fortunate and I am privileged that I have had a completely full practice going into my pregnancy, even clients. I was anticipating that I was going to be discharging and that I would have more space in my practice just has not happened. I did not have the stress of, I need to get more clients in, right? There was not that urgency for me, which I'm grateful for that. It wasn't a stress I had to have in the midst of all of this. I've actually had too many clients and I've had to cut back on my availability in some of my, my typical work days to be able to make space for my family's needs, right? Like all those appointments for my kids and for myself, right? Up until about halfway through the second trimester, I think I just was like avoiding everything. I think I was just afraid of feeling even more overwhelmed than I already was, right? Like if I start to look at how far behind I am on my notes, if I start to look at financially, what is this going to look like for us and our household when I'm on maternity leave, it's just going to be even more overwhelming. And I, I'm not even keeping my head above water right now. 
I was just keeping it all in and just internalizing everything and just feeling like I had to just kind of figure everything out on my own. And I think it was after a tough day with the kids. I think maybe we had like come back from the beach that day and I was so tired and it was a rough day, especially with our oldest one. I think I just finally broke down to my husband and I was able to be honest about the fear that I'd been having about adding another baby. Yes, we had been wanting to have another child. It was something we had hoped for and we were trying for, but the reality of like, what does this actually mean given our current family dynamic felt terrifying. It felt like it was all on me to kind of figure it out. And I think just talking to my husband about my worries was really cathartic and it really allowed me to feel less alone. I think to invite him into some of the space and help me to realize like, I don't have to shoulder all of this. I think it really was just like this release for me of what I had been internalizing. It helped me to kind of like reframe many of my thoughts and, and eventually it helped me to allow myself to get back into some self-care I don't know that it necessarily completely shifted anything per se, but I think it just kind of cleared this space within me to say, okay, like you don't have to just figure this all out on your own. This is going to be hard, but you have a partner in this, you have friends supporting you, you have people that you can depend on. And let's just start to look at some of the things that we're running from. So, you know, some of the ways that I found myself getting back into some self-care, I began working with a new therapist for myself that specializes in perimental health. I have seen a, a therapist separate from her for many years, but knowing that I have struggled with postpartum anxiety, especially around breastfeeding with my prior pregnancies, I really wanted to try to address some of that before this baby arrives. And so being intentional about focusing on some of the anxiety I'm already having about what does it look like when this other baby comes has been really helpful for me. And I think hopefully will be helpful in mitigating some of that postpartum experience. I've also been trying to reconnect with friends and just be honest about how I'm feeling. It's easy to just pull away and just retreat and internalize because what what's the reality? A lot of us, many of us, are going through stuff. And so it can feel hard sometimes to want to share when we know our friends are struggling too, but it's allowed me to say, no, I need to talk about this. I need to put it out there so that I'm not feeling like I have no one to talk to about this. I've really worked on getting myself caught up on work and not avoiding. I am finally caught up on all my notes. I am now getting them done after each session I'm getting myself back into my business and not avoiding things. And as I'm getting back into the business, I'm doing it in a way that feels aligned with how much energy I currently have. And it allows me then to be able to support other therapists and to connect with other therapists on a personal and professional level too. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice. 
real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. Exercise and movement has always been a way for me to work through anxiety. It's really helped me to kind of discharge some of that when it's really internalized in my body. And that first trimester was really hard to do because I was so, so sick. And I'll be honest, it still has been really hard to, to do that like to make time for some kind of physical, you know, activity or exercise, because it is hot here in Florida. It is really, really hot. Doing things outside is very limited, especially because of my pregnancy. And I just, I overheat and I feel so sick easily from that. And then because I'm so tired. And so, you know, I have exercises that I do that I do feel connected to my body and I do feel good when I do them. But it, again, it's just hard at the end of the day, after seeing clients, after parenting two kids is exhausting. So when I have been able to occasionally get, get that physical movement or get that exercise and it has been really helpful for me, it helps me to physically and mentally and emotionally feel strong and is a way that I know I am caring for myself. And I've also really worked on just trying to be more present with my kids and disconnect from my phone and screens just to have quality time with them. I think sometimes I will spin my wheels and say that I'm doing work in the past because it's a way of like feeling like I'm doing something, but really I'm just kind of like anxiety spiraling about some of this stuff, being able to say, nope, like there's nothing that you actually have to be doing right now. Put it down and just be present with them. Cause the reality is I only have a few more months before uh, you know, there's another one there with them. And so just trying to soak up as much one-on-one and, and two-on-one time with them and just do some really fun things in the midst of everything else going on um, has really been something I've tried to been like more intentional and just present for. And then one of the other ways, you know, as I was thinking about preparing this, you know, episode and I was thinking about like, okay, so how have I been caring for myself in the second trimester? One of the ways that I, I really do see as a form of self-care was and has been becoming less accommodating for clients. And I know that may sound kind of weird or like off-putting, but let me explain what I mean. If you are pregnant or have been pregnant, you know, you have appointments, right? You have lots of appointments. And because I'm older and what they call now advanced maternal age, there are some even extra appointments, even though in the second trimester, you still go every once every four weeks, there's just been some extra things I've had to do. Unfortunately, there are times when my appointments can't be scheduled other than times when I've had to see clients or for my son, certain appointments he has can't be moved, you know, to days that are not when I usually see clients, my husband and I have really had to work together to say, okay, when can you take him versus when can I And we have made it work, but there have been days where I have had to say, I'm just not available to see clients for this chunk of this day because of the appointments, either my son or I have going on in the past. If I had like a a large chunk of a day or an entire day that I was going to be missing seeing clients, I may have opened up part of another day that I don't typically work. Like I see clients Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. So maybe I would have opened up part of a Wednesday or even part of a Friday 
if I knew that I wasn't going to be able to see clients during one of my typical work days, but because my bandwidth has just been so used up between family and pregnancy and work, I realized that this is a time to truly hold my boundaries and not just fill up every single open space with work. I'll be honest. It's not that clients are pushing to move into these other spots, but I've had to really hold boundaries for myself of not opening up those other days because when I don't hold those boundaries, my overwhelm builds and grows and there's no space for me to decompress, right? Because that day, that time is filled with something else. If it's not an appointment for a client, it's an appointment for me or it's other work that I'm doing on my consulting work or stuff for this podcast. So making sure that I'm honest with myself that, okay, you can put something else in that other day, but if you do, where are you going to have space for yourself to just decompress and unwind? When I've been tempted to do that and open up some of that space or that room for clients in other ways, having to really check in with where are you right now? Do you actually have capacity for that? So as I've shifted into the second half of the second trimester, I'm working on my headspace and, and it's really allowed me you know, to kind of get back more into supporting other mom and women clinicians, which I'm really passionate about. It allowed me to host the planning for maternity leave workshop that was held a few weeks ago. It's allowed me to feel more like myself than I have the first half of the second trimester or the first trimester. It feels like, okay, yes, things are still challenging, but I'm feeling more of just who I am while also growing this, this other human being. And I know what's to come. I know that for me, the third trimester tends to get really exhausting, really uncomfortable. So I've been trying to lean into the energy that I do have now and get as much set up in my practice for maternity leave so that I'm not even more exhausted in the next trimester as I'm just trying to get through the days and, and, you know, plan for, for what's to come by the time this episode comes out, I will be, I believe in my first week of my third trimester and I'll just be getting back from a week long vacation. It'll be like right at the beginning of that third trimester that I'm going to be starting to have conversations with clients about exactly what my maternity leave is going to look like. You know, what are their needs that they're going to have? Are they going to just want kind of potential coverage that they could reach out to a therapist? Are they going to need ongoing care while I'm, I'm away? Also talk about when am I planning to start my leave? And I've started to let them know, you know, hey, like anticipate that conversation will be coming the next time we meet. So they know that's coming. They know that my maternity leave will be happening, but we're going to start talking in more detail about what does that look like? That way they have time to process that way. We have time to map out that, okay, if you're going to be away or if you're going to miss this session, how do we make sure that you get sessions you need? If you are currently pregnant and, you know, regardless of what trimester you're in, I hope you know just how important taking care of yourself is. Again, regardless of where you are in pregnancy, and even if you aren't pregnant right now, taking care of yourself, regardless of whether you are a mom, a caregiver, a friend, a solo parent, have no kids at all, 
self-care is so important. What I encourage you to do is to assess your bandwidth. What do you have to give to your practice? If you are pregnant and you're feeling like I have to just give everything that I have right now, if you're giving it all to your practice, how much do you have to give to your family? Where are you making room for yourself? Where are you making sure that you're actually taking care of yourself? This is also the time if you're in second trimester, and even if you are in your first still, and if you're in your third, this is time to begin making sure you're planning for your maternity leave. What will you tell clients? How will you have coverage? That kind of thing. If you're wondering what to do or how to plan or prepare for that, if you weren't able to attend the live workshop that was held in the middle of July about planning for maternity leave, you can jump on the wait list for the replay of the workshop. If you just go to www.raisedtoempower.com forward slash maternity leave, you can get on the wait list. The goal should be that the replay will be available for anybody who did not sign up the first time, um, that it will be available hopefully by mid-August. So the link for that will be in the show notes. Pregnancy is so full of change. I mean, there's just change everywhere. And it's also a time when we have such little control over pretty much anything that happens with our body. And those changes can absolutely have a major impact on our mental health. So I just really want to encourage you, if you aren't currently, to really check in with yourself and make sure that you're taking care of yourself during this time. If you have a therapist, make sure that you're connecting with them. If you don't have a therapist, this would be a great time to begin working with somebody, especially as you're getting closer to the arrival of your little one, or just talk with a friend check in with them and let them know how you're doing. And if you need support, I really appreciate you allowing me to open up and be raw with you guys here today, just about how I've been struggling. And I hope that maybe it offers some support or encouragement for you. If you've been feeling this way too, we don't have to struggle through this stuff alone. Our own mental health and emotional health is so important and it's important for us to talk about. Thank you for listening today and I will see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.